Good morning, everybody. It's your host, Mark Trimble, and this is the MK Journal Podcast. Good morning, everybody. It is a beautiful Thursday morning. Right now, it's 80 degrees. It's actually really nice. And uh, let's have a good day today, huh? All right, so today, we will be again in... The book of John, chapter 19 through 21. So we finished it. We finished the book of John. Finally. I'm kidding. Um, So John 19 is the book that we're in. And we're going to learn something today. So just to give you a little context, um, the chapters that we're in right now is the chapters that talk about uh, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So that's what uh, mainly is there. I really um, didn't get as much out of it as, as far as like, um, as much as I usually do, uh, usually have the past couple of days. Um, But because most, mostly because most of it's just, not about trying to sift through the verses and see what kind of hidden meaning there is behind what Jesus is saying here. But really, it's just seeing the story of, or, or reading the story of Christ giving his life for us. Um, and that's really something special when you see uh, what he went through, um, the unspeakable things that they did to him. Uh, and how much pain he went through just to pay for our sins. Um, and it really shows you, really speaks, spoke to me about how much God really does love us, even though we don't deserve it. Um, so I may not have as many points to speak on as I, as I normally do, but that's just because I was really just focusing on appreciating, uh, the story of, Jesus dying on the cross for us and, and, and appreciating and uh, being thankful for for what he's done for us and, and uh, how we're able to benefit from that. So, uh, right off to the first thing, uh, John 19 to 21 are the chapters. So, look in verse 11 of chapter 19. It says, Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. So, to give you a little context, this is uh, um, when Jesus is standing before Pilate. He, um, Pilate comes to him and says, you know, or, well, I'll just read it. But then in the verse 10, right before it says, Then, Pilate, uh, uh, then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? So Pilate's basically saying, hey, listen, I can have you crucified or I can have you released. So you got to talk to me if if you want me to help you kind of thing. Because he was looking to release Jesus uh, because he couldn't find any fault in Jesus at all. And he kind of understood the gist of what was going on. So he was he wasn't trying to be guilty of sending somebody to, to death, even though he knew that that person was innocent. So 
what I want to point out here is that power, I mean, was that Pilate thought that, oh, you know, I'm the one that has the power. But truly, the one that has the power is Jesus. Jesus is the one that gives the power. And that's really what Jesus is saying here. He says, thou couldest have no, have no power at all against me. So Jesus is saying, you know, if it weren't for me allowing you to have the power that you have and be in the position that you're in and, and for me being quiet and not, you know, rebelling against this, then you wouldn't have the power at all to crucify me. I'm the one that's giving you the power and, and, and let, allowing this to happen because it's, I need this, uh, I, this is for a greater purpose. So just remember that in everything that we do, whether it's, or any, or for everything that happens, God's the one that has to go through. Just like in, in, in the book of Job. And we see everything that Job went through. Satan wasn't able to touch Job at all until after he had gotten permission from Jesus Christ, from God, to allow Joe, Job to um, go through those trials. Um, and even when Satan was, was doing all that, was killing his family members, was taking all of his wealth away, G, uh, God didn't allow him to kill Job and didn't allow him to touch his body at all. And then eventually he allowed Job, uh, he allowed Satan to, uh, to give Job sickness, but not to kill him. So from, from, from that and from this, you know, just realize that God's always the one that's in control. And from hearing this, you may think, well, you know, if God's always the one that's in control, then why am I the one that's going, why am I going through this? Or why is this happening to me? Or why is God allowing this to happen to me? You know, I'm going to be honest. We don't always understand why God allows something to happen. Uh, we may not understand why God allows this unfortunate thing to happen, why he allows somebody to die, why he allows somebody to go through this pain and suffering to get this disease even though they're good people or they're a good person we don't always understand but we do know this God's the one that's in control and we do know that God means everything for good regardless of how the situation is and also you got to look at it this way God doesn't always want us to go through pain and suffering I mean, he doesn't want us to go through pain and suffering but there's a reason behind everything so the reason behind this trial that you're going through may be to increase your faith in the Lord. Now, we, we don't like it when that happens because we're the ones that are having to go through this. But it, it will make us a better person after we go through it because God is in control. Another thing to think about when something unfortunate is happening, happening or, or you're going through trials, through some struggles, it may be a consequence of your sin, of your actions. You know, God, God may not, may have not wanted you to get this disease. God may not have wanted, um, you to go through this, uh, trial testing, but because of your sin, because of the actions you do, you have to remember that God is a just God and he's, he has to give you, he has to punish you when you do something wrong because he's a just God. He's not just going to let it slide. He will forgive you for sure if you ask, but there's a consequence for everything that we do 
So sometimes it may not be a trial. Sometimes it may just be a consequence of our actions or our sinful actions. So those things you got to think about. And just know that everything that you're going through, God, God can turn it around for good. And he's the one that's in control. So let's go on to the next thing. The next thing is in the next chapter. I told you, I'm not going to have three or four points in one chapter. Um, I was really just reading. So go to chapter 20. In chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. So let's read that a little bit. Starting in verse 24, it says, But Thomas was one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord, my God. Jesus said unto him, saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe, and yet have believed. So we all know the story. Jesus uh, reveals himself to the disciples, and Thomas isn't there. So all the other disciples are telling Thomas, Hey, the Lord showed himself to us. He's risen. You know, he's not dead anymore. And Thomas won't believe it. He said, You know, I have to poke my finger through the holes in his hands and, and thrust my hand into the, the side of his that was pierced before I believe. He was doubting, even though he really didn't have any reason to doubt because why would there be so many of his peers, of his friends that were telling him that Jesus is risen and him, you know, not believing? But the reality is a lot of believers are like that. There are a ton of things in the Bible that we read and that we say we believe, but then when push comes to shove, our unbelief and our doubting comes out. When over this, whenever this whole pandemic thing happened, you got to see a lot of Christians show their faith, and you also got to see a lot of Christians show their doubt. Um, some people continued continue and are to this day continuing to worship God, continuing to do what's right, continuing to go out there and, and soul in. But other people use what's going on as an excuse and, and they let their doubt and their fear take control of them and they don't go to church anymore and you know they're all holed up in, in one single place, living in a spirit of fear, even though God clearly says in his word, don't live in a spirit of fear, but you know, believe and have faith in him. But uh, sadly a lot of Christians stay are like Thomas and saying, well, you know, at least unless I see something concrete, you know, unless it's something that's right in front of me, I'm not going to believe, you know, I'm not going to have faith. And it really is sad because God says here when he's talking to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless. You know, God isn't just talking to Thomas there. He's talking to all believers. 
be not faithless. You know, God always talks in his word about having faith and believing and trusting in him. And it's in there so many times because God wants it to, wants us always to be reminded to have faith, trust in him, believe in God, you know. Uh, because for some reason, we are so, we are such a faithless generation. We are such a faithless people. You know, it's hard for us to trust in something that we don't see. It's hard for us to have faith in God and, and to truly trust and believe in him. So this is when he's saying not and be not faithless. He's talking to every one of us. And this, this applies to me. This applies to the Christian with the most faith. And this is this applies to the biggest doubter there is. So let's move on to the next thing. Chapter 21. See? Told you. <clears throat> Told you it'd be pretty quick. Okay, verse number three in chapter 21. Now, chapter 21 is a little bit more juicy, so I have a little bit more to talk about here. Chapter 21, verse 3. Simon Peter saith unto him, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. So, we read about in the previous chapter how God showed himself to the disciples twice. He showed himself to the disciples the first time, and then he showed himself to the disciples with Thomas. So God's already showed himself. Jesus has already showed himself twice. So they, the disciples know 100%, and they believe that Jesus is risen. But, and, well, and yet, look, look at what happens. For some reason, Peter was discouraged or, you know, maybe... Uh, a little bit lost in his direction or for whatever reason maybe he had backslidden a little bit since Jesus had uh, been nailed on the cross but for all reasons you know since Jesus had already showed himself you would think that you know Peter would be on fire and say well you know I made the right choice I believed on the right person he died and he, he rose again so now it's time to get up and go and tell everybody about what happened right that would be your your, your reaction I think. But for some reason, Peter decides to go back into the world and go back to his old job, even though God had already called him to be a fisher of men, to be his disciple. The main thing I want to talk about from this verse is be careful about your sphere of influence. Be careful about the people that look up to you. Be careful about how you act because somebody's always watching you. You know, Peter, he wasn't a perfect person, but Peter was also a leader in their group. He was a person that several people, several of his peers looked up to. Um, he was the leader, sort of, in, in their group whenever uh, Jesus wasn't around. And we see that Peter ends up bringing some of the disciples down with him and he tells them, hey, I'm going to go back into the world. I'm going to go back to my old job and go fishing again. And not only is he himself sort of quitting the ministry in, in this way because he's not doing what God called him to do anymore. He, he's going back fishing. He's bringing other people down with him. And they're all, they all end up going back to what they did before Jesus Christ called them to be fishers of men. So be careful. Be careful about who 
what you do because there's always somebody watching you. You may not know, you may not think that you have as much influence as, as Peter had, or you may not think you have any influence or, or, or you may not think that you have anybody watching you at all, but you do. Whatever, it doesn't matter what in what capacity you're serving in the church, you may just be a regular churchgoer. You may not have any kids, you may just be a single person, but there are kids in church that are watching you. So be careful with how you act, with what you do, because you could end up being a stumbling block to somebody. Second thing I want to talk about here that we see uh, is if you read a little bit further down, it talks about the disciples and how they were fishing all night. They they stayed up all night fishing. They couldn't catch anything. And then Jesus shows himself unto them. They don't know it's him. And he says, have you guys caught anything? And they say, no, we've been fishing all night. We haven't caught anything. And he says, well, throw the net, put that in the net on the other side of the boat. And so they do. And then when they, when they start pulling on the net, it's completely full of fish. And then that's when they realize that's Jesus. So the first thing I want to get, get out of that little portion of scripture right there is that two, two things really. One, when you're out in the world doing something that you know you're not supposed to be doing like they were, like the disciples were when they were fishing, when you're out doing, you know, going back to your old job, not serving the Lord like you should, it doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter that the disciples were experienced fishermen, that, that, that this was their uh, trade before they decided to follow the Lord. They spent all night fishing. They couldn't catch anything. So it doesn't matter, you know, when you, from that, I see that, or what it, that speaks to me is that, you know, if you're not doing what God wants you to do, he's not going to bless you. He's not going to bless what you're doing is because you're doing something that he didn't call you to do. You're rejecting him in a sense. And the second thing I want to, I want to take from that is looking that when you see here, when, when Jesus tells them to let down their nets on the other side and they end up catching all this fish. If God's not in what you're doing and if he's not blessing what you're doing and if he's not in the work that you're doing you're not going to be able to do anything for him or if you are able to you know get a little bit it's not going to be as much as it would be if he was the one that was in it and if 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 he was the one that was blessing just like when they were fishing with their own strength they didn't catch anything but as soon as god got involved they had so much fish that they thought that the net was going to break that applies to our personal lives as well and in and, and everything that we do. If God's not in it, we're not going to be able to produce the results that we would be able to produce if God was in it. Lastly, well, second to the last thing I want to, I want to look at here is in verse 21 and 22. So I hope you guys are following along. I think it'd be really beneficial if everybody was kind of following along as, as I was uh, as I go through this. But I am happy if if you guys would would just like to listen. You know that's perfectly fine. Um, so if you look in verse in the and towards the end of the chapter, verse twenty one and twenty two. Let me read that here for you guys. Peter, seeing him, saith 
to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? So this is after Jesus had, had talked to Peter and asked him three times if he loved him. And, and Peter told him, Lord, you know, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Um, basically telling him, you know, to serve him. And then Jesus takes John, I believe it is, the disciple that he loves. And, and then... And kind of goes and, and and talks to him. And Peter says, well, Lord, what, what what's this guy going to do? And Jesus tells him, it, it doesn't matter what I want him to do. You do what I do. You do what I want you to do. Follow me. Don't get caught up in what everybody else is doing. Don't get caught up in other people's ministries. Don't get caught up in what other people are able to achieve for the Lord. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord and follow him. That's the only person you need to worry about. The only person you need to worry about is yourself and what you're doing for God and keeping your eyes fixed on him. Because it doesn't matter how good or bad everybody else is doing. They're not you. And they're not called to do what you're called to do. So stay focused. And lastly... Verse 25, it says, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. This passage, this verse right here, I think is, is really awesome. Because... It truly signifies, it truly does, you know, put into words how great our God is. Because truly, if we were to write down everything that God has done and everything that he is going to do, we're not going to have enough ink and enough paper to write it all down. Realize that God is such a great and majestic God and he's so good to us that we don't even realize how good he is and if we were to realize that and write everything down we'd be here for a long time God is such a good God he's such a good um, savior such a merciful Lord and we truly do not deserve his mercy and his kindness and his gift of salvation that he gives that he gives us and that he offers anybody who hasn't received him. So that ends it for today. And we finally finished the book of John and we will get into the book of Acts starting tomorrow. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, there's a lot of things going on Acts a lot. We're going to be there for a while because there's a lot that you can learn. And a lot that I can learn. So, I hope this has been a blessing. I hope that this gives you a little pep in your step as you go on through your day. Uh, thank you, everyone who listens. Really does mean a lot to me. And uh, I really hope that it is a help to you as well as it has been to helping me a lot. <laughs>
Um, God bless. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Goodbye, everybody.